Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with Bears Wire Assistant Editor Brandon Shagru as he breaks down the Bears' chances against the Chiefs this weekend. Also, as part of our NFL Combine series, I sat down with Adam Korsak and Jalen Graham as they shared their thoughts with their former college teammates Isaiah Pacheco and George Karloftis. But first, we check in on this week's press conferences, hearing from Andy Reid, Trent McDuffie, and George Karloftis. Andy, with your uh, appreciation of NFL history and where you are on the wins list now, I just wonder what perspective you might have on Tom Landry, particularly if you're conscious of him growing up, and as well as George Hallis, to what degree you have any engagement or consciousness of them? I know both of them are. Uh, Tom Landry, <laughs> I do know that. Uh, Tom Landry, um, I mean, I'd tell you that when I was a kid, I'd go out to their training camps in uh, Cal Lutheran, California there. Uh, very impressed by how they operated. They, uh, you know, he was a phenomenal coach, phenomenal teams, and uh, loved watching. Um, but that was, yeah, yeah. That was about it. What, what moved you to go out to Thousand Oaks? Yeah. I mean, you were pretty young to be going out there. Yeah, it was junior high school and uh, high school. Yeah. But we had an opportunity to go out and watch practice, and it was great for a kid. I mean, it was a great deal. Playing any NFL thoughts at that point? No, I was just, I was just watching the guys. Yeah. They had, they had a lot of great players. They were Jordan. Lily, when you know he was still going, and uh, I mean you could go on and on. I had a bunch of them. And last thing, just with with Dallas, I mean you know his place in NFL sure. history. What, what, I know you referred to him before with LBT and some things like that, but I yeah. wonder what your thoughts about him are. Great innovator. Um, he'll get this league started, so you, you know that. And um, you, I know his his daughter. Um, you know, and uh, and so I know that that part of it and his grandkids, but I didn't know him. But he left a great legacy. Coach, another off the field question: One of your former former players, Jamal Charles, up for twenty twenty four class of you know, Hall of Fame. What do you remember about him? Uh, Hall of Fame player. So he uh, he was tremendous. Could do everything. I mean, literally everything. He could have played wide receiver. Uh, did play running back. You give him the ball, you're guaranteed whatever his average is. It's, but it's one of the highest, if not the highest, in the league history. So I mean, he's he's a great player. Wish I would have had him, you know, when he was when he was even younger than what what I got him at. So I know you I know you had a voter, but you feel like he should be a first ballot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. When you're there, are a lot of running backs that play the game, right. and he's right there statistically at the top, and then. Um, you know, it, it, uh, the, all the things that he could do to help help you win uh, a football game. Not a lot of guys can do that, and uh, he did it easily. You, know, you talked the other day about uh, Jamon Taylor and some of the <coughs> problems he's having. You said they could be fixed. What's that process? Can you elaborate on what that process will be like for him and, and for you as coaches to, yeah. to help him through that? Yeah, so, you know, he works hard on getting off the, the snap on time. He does that. Um, but he's just going to have to, you know, tame that down just a little bit you know, where, where he doesn't get, get called on it. And that's just 
working through it. He and Dr. Smith have been, uh, they've had some penalties, but they've also shown some glimpses of why they were proven vets in the league. Just yeah. Hey, take the penalties away from, you know, 7-4, man. He's got he had a really good game. You know, so it's, it's a shame that happened. But he's got to work on that. And Donovan, likewise. I mean, you're right. Donovan's done a nice, done a nice job. Justin Fields has mentioned try to, trying to play without thinking too much. As you cruise, you know, Donovan and now Patrick, he's in his third year. How, how do you balance you know, <coughs> maybe providing too much and still letting a quarterback that's that dynamic play there? Yeah. He's a good football player, so and he can do so many things. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not there. I, I, I've never. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think though. They'll work it out. I mean, that's a, that's what they're doing right now. So you know, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but um, if he's saying that, then he's working through it. And, you know, it's important that we've kind of get ourselves right to to play a guy that can do so many different things. He's got he'll be one of the faster guys on the field. You know, he's he can do all of that. Smart. He's got a good arm. So coach, you talk, coach, there's often time about the coaching tree, but. On the executive side, how do you feel Ryan Foles has done in the two years he's been in Chicago? Coming from? Yeah, I'm a big Ryan Foles fan, so I, I think he's a, he's got, he just he needs time. You know, that that's what it takes to do what he's being asked to do. So, uh, but he's gotten in there and grinded like crazy and made changes that are look, look like they're pretty good players. Coach, is there a different intensity? about Travis Kelsey, a little chippiness after the game and then in training camp a little bit. I know injuries are awful, nobody likes them, but do you sense there's a different intensity that you're, like, talking to him about? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, he's always been feisty and uh, competitive as all get out. Um, you know, my point was that he, he went into that game where he was banged up a little bit, didn't have an opportunity to knock the rust off in the first game. And so he put himself in a certain mindset, and the great ones can do that. I mean, they, they, he just, he was there and he was battling through it. And I thought he did a heck of a job with it. I mean, he, he never complains, never says anything, and uh, just goes. So, um, and he's not the youngest one out there, right? So he, but he did, I, I thought he did a good job. But that's what, you know, that's what he, he did. He went out and he had a certain attitude that he knew he was going to have to have to get through that game, and he put it on. And anybody that was going to mess with him, going to get messed back. So things that we've led up and just the overall how we've been competing every day. Um, this is a defense that's young and hungry, and I know Spags has been calling some great plays for us, and I know the defense is happy where we're at, but we definitely have some things we got to clean up, and definitely looking to trend in an upwards direction, for sure. This fact usually tells us it takes about half season for y'all to find cohesiveness. Yeah. It seems like you're way ahead of schedule. How come? Um, honestly, I think it's just coming off of last year. Um, we were a young group. We had to learn a lot. Um, this like, whole defense came back again this year, and over OTAs and training camp, I feel like we've grown really close as a group um, as far as just unit-wise and just overall as a defense. And I think a lot of guys kind of just come in here and – just are willing to work each and every day. And that can be huge as far as just in the future, knowing that you're just going to continue to stack days. And I think that's what Coach Bag is talking about. It's just there's a bunch of group of guys that are just like here to do their job and do it at the best they can. Sure, and I was talking to Nick post-game. Um, 
and he was talking about how you guys were coming in with something to prove. Mm-hmm. You want to prove to yourselves, to your team, and just to everyone else. Yeah. Like you guys are that defense. What's the mentality of that? Yeah, um, like I said, we're hungry. And I know off of last year, just based off of just stats and everything that went on, um, yeah, we won the Super Bowl, but I know this defense definitely felt like we could have done more and produced more. And coming to this year, this is something that um, we definitely have been looking at and want to continue to succeed with and show that, yeah, just because last week and the week before we held them to 9, 14 points, like this is a defense that's going to continue to do that and be consistent with it. And this is your second year, you mentioned last year. Um, how much has the game slowed down for you? Yeah, um, a lot, actually. And I feel like last year um, was my first time really on the inside playing nickel and stuff. So things that I didn't see before as far as football in general on the inside was so different. And it was such a learning process that this year being able to slow it down during OTAs and kind of break it down at what my position is and just my job and my responsibilities, um, the game slowed down a ton. And so... It's been very beneficial with that. Is it satisfying when the defense can play like you're playing as the offense is still trying to find their rhythm? Yeah, um, man, that was something coming into here, um, coming from UW, you know, it was a huge defensive school. And you come to the Chiefs and it's like, okay, it's an offensive-driven team, you know, like they score a lot of points. And I know last year and especially this year, just over the off season, we've been talking about what can the defense do? How can we help 15? How can we help – the Chiefs overall just keep winning, and that's just keeping points off the board. And I think we've done a really good job at just getting that ball back to 15, like we always say. And um, I think it's time for when 15, you know, he wins a lot of games for us. But when he's not having the best day and some things aren't going well for the offense, it's up to the defense to step up and win the game for the team, and that's something that we want to do every time. Trevor, didn't get to ask you after the first game, but you mentioned in training camp that you wanted to be someone who created more turnovers. Yes. Yeah. What worked so well in that red zone play to get the fumble? Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's just aggressiveness. Um, they ran a screen play, which, you know, just a simple little dish out. And um, you talk about just block destru- destruction. You talk about a swarming defense. And then just the ability to just, just fight. I mean, they're on a long drive. They're in the red zone. A lot of things were working well for them. And we just kept kept battling, kept battling. And I know. That week against Detroit, we didn't have the best red zone defense, and um, I'm really happy that last week against the Jags, you know, we were able to step up and take a step forward. Spags loves to put six DBs out on the field. Yeah. Obviously, we knew Bobby, you guys got drafted last year. How much pride do you take in Spags yeah. sort of featuring that as part of the defense, having six DBs out for a large chunk of games? Man, as a DB, I love it. You know, anytime I can have all my boys out there on the field, you know, I'll take that anytime. And I think it also just shows the um, trust he has with the defensive backs to put six uh, six of us out there and be like, okay, y'all are out there. Y'all got to stop. Y'all got to make this play. Um, it brings a lot of pride to the group, and I know that we're ready for it, and we know we want to be out there anytime. So anytime there's six DBs, five DBs, shoot any DB on the field, we know that um, we're out there to make a play. Chris Jones back in the lineup. It was great. You know, when you have a guy like that uh, come back, you know, his, his impact was evident on the game. And just to have a guy like that play next to you, you know, it helps me out a lot. So it's, it's awesome. George's offense obviously gets a lot of publicity. Do you guys kind of feel a little in the shadows uh, because of what Patrick Mahomes in the offense does? We're not really focused on who gets the publicity as long as we get the win, to be quite honest.
And how does it feel to basically, I, don't, I know you didn't win the first two games by yourself, but you put the offense in position to do so. That's what we have to do every week. You know, we, they put us in a position to win, and we put them in a position a week you know, to, to win, too. You know, that's kind of how team sports work, and that's how, you know, that's how we, we have this sustained uh, greatness, if you will, you know, just by playing off of each other. When the offense needs help, the defense uh, picks up the slack and vice versa. George, with the work you put in with Tampa and Bobby the past year or so, did you kind of, were there certain times during either camp or the first couple of weeks where you felt like that work paying off in some of the stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, all the work that I did in the offseason, I feel like really helped. You know, just having that experience from the first year and knowing what to work on and then having a plan and executing it in an offseason. You know, whether it was with Tamba, who helped me tremendously in OTAs with Coach and you know, when I was uh, when I was training at Louisville with my with my college strength coach and all of them, you know, uh, just having a plan and executing that that was the biggest thing in the off season. Are you guys where you want to be defensively? No, no. I mean, we're not we're not close. You know, I think that we have a lot of things to work on and improve. You know, there's always there's always room for improvement. You know, I think we've had a couple good games and it's a good start, but then consistency is the truest measure of a good defense. So. You and Felix are two different players, but do you see a lot of the things you went through last year as a rookie that he's going through now? Absolutely. You know, just when with a rookie and a defense lineman, a pass rusher, you know, not just in him, but all the rookie guys we have in KC and in BJ and even in Truman, you know, all those guys are kind of going through the figuring all out, you know, because, you know, for me, I'm still figuring stuff out right now. So uh, as a pass rusher, it takes some time. You know, and uh, our coaches are pretty graceful, and like they, they understand that it takes time, and we're, you know, we're grateful that they that they do. So, uh, de- definitely see some stuff with Felix that I that I went through, and I, I, uh, I empathize with it, and I can, like I, I've been in your shoes, like I know what it's like, and just try to help him out a little bit. You know, he has, you know, as a rookie, you have guys telling you one thing, another, and you're like your head kind of explodes sometimes. So, um, yeah, you just gotta just take a deep breath, listen to your coach, and you'll be good. So. I feel to get that first second. Are you still working on the celebration? <laughs> Didn't really think about the celebration, to be honest. Um, felt good, you know, just to to be out there, help the team, you know, make a positive play for the team and all that stuff. It's it's a great it's great. Anybody else? You look at Chicago, Justin Fields. What do you see that maybe you guys need to be mindful of? Ways that maybe you can get the success you want on the field when you study them. How do you evaluate? Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a great player. He's a great quarterback. You know he people talk about how he how well he can run the ball. I, we think he's pretty good throwing the ball too. You know, so we have a lot of respect for him and not just him. Their whole offense, great receiving core, great running backs, and a great line. You know, so we're gonna have our hands full. Um, you know, they do a really good job. I think they led the league maybe in rushing yards last year. They're they're near that. So you know, stopping the run game's got to be an emphasis for us, and then uh, getting after them when they're throwing the ball. Thank you, George. Thanks. Yeah, George, for you guys in the defensive line room, what is it that you guys are wanting to either put on tape or have opponents say about you when they go against you? I mean, we don't really, I don't really care what the opponents say about us. Um, you know, we just, we just want to be the, the, the unit that plays the toughest. You know, our, our, our defensive line coaches, Joe Cullen and Terry Braden, who I think are two of the best in the business, you know, they always preach about, you know, leading the NFL in effort. So it's really, really just about that. I think if we just, you know, uh, do that, play our hearts out, and then play with the technique that we're coached under, uh, we'll be just fine.
Hey Adam, just uh, just curious, what was the buzz uh, around campus, uh, especially with uh, Isaiah Pacheco and the performance he had uh, with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? Was there, uh, how was the talk around the club? I know you guys were teammates for a while. Yeah, no, so so uh, excited for Isaiah. He's um, such a tremendous person. We early enrolled together in January 2018, and seeing him, you know, progress as a player and as a person off the field was was great. Um, you know, such a great dude. So excited for him, and he deserves it. And um, yeah, I saw him at the basketball game the other night at Rutgers, and always great to catch up with him. So yeah, the boys, uh, you know, it gives us inspiration and. You know, again, he's just such a, such a tremendous person. Hey, Jalen, I'm curious your thoughts on the Super Bowl that just happened and uh, seeing your former teammate uh, in the game. What are your thoughts on seeing George? Uh, it was great, and I was rooting for the Chiefs, too, and George got him a win, so it was just great to see him out there and out there compete and actually making an impact on the game, so that was cool. Do you have any communication with him? Uh, just DM, uh, just let him know. Congratulations, everybody proud of him. You know it, so it's just proud that he did a good job. This is Brendan Chagru, assistant editor for the Bears Wire, and here are the offensive players that I'm watching when the Bears play the Chiefs. Number one has to be the quarterback, Justin Fields. Fields has struggled mightily in year three and in year two of offensive coordinator Luke Getze's system. He is not hitting passes. He's not anticipating throws. He's holding onto the ball in the pocket too long. He's been inaccurate at times. It's been just a complete blank show. And a lot of it ha does have to do with coaching, and Fields said so as much in his press conference on Wednesday when he said he thinks he's playing a little too robotic. He's not being himself. He's not playing freely. Now, those comments sparked a firestorm on Bears social media, and he did kind of walk them back, but it's true. The Bears coaching staff and Fields are not on the same page. It seems as if when Luke Getze calls a great play, Fields doesn't see it. And when Fields actually is making the right read, it's a bad play. These two need to get on the same page, and it's still early, but the fact that they haven't yet is surprising, and Fields is one of the lowest-rated quarterbacks this season so far. He needs to get it turned around, and we'll see if that happens, if he can play more freely. Number two is left tackle Larry Borum, or at least we think it's going to be Larry Borum. We found out on Wednesday that Braxton Jones, the second-year offensive lineman, is not going to be playing for the next four games at least he's been on in, he's been put on injured reserve thanks to a neck injury and so that likely means swing tackle Larry Borum is getting the start there this offensive line hasn't been great the tackles I think have been okay but we haven't seen Larry Borum for a long time and he's had his ups and his downs we'll see if he can actually come in and in a raucous environment at Arrowhead and ma make sure he doesn't make those mental miscues and most importantly keeps Justin Fields clean the other offensive lineman I'll mention is Cody Whitehair, the veteran guard who was supposed to be the center, has really, really had a tough time early on in the season. He let up four pressures against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He looks like an aging vet that kind of is of liability on the line. And if he can't block Chris Jones, then Justin Fields is probably going to be running a lot more than maybe he even realized. And last but not least is DJ Moore. He's the best playmaker that the Bears have on offense, and good things happen when he's involved in the game plan. Early on against the Buccaneers, the Bears targeted him twice, got him for 64 yards on their opening touchdown drive that was, that was thanks to a Justin Fields rushing touchdown. And then later on, they targeted him heavily in another touchdown drive. 
But after that, he really wasn't involved. So if you gotta, if you want to actually score points on the offense, they have to look DJ Moore's way. So he's going to be a focal point. And here are the defensive players I'm watching for Bears versus Chiefs. Number one, let's go to the defensive line and look at Yannick Ngakwe. The mercenary pass rusher that the Bears signed in August has had an okay start to the season. The good news is he's getting through offensive line protection to get after the quarterback. But the bad news is he's not finishing the job. Ngakwe had two missed sacks last week against Baker Mayfield that cost the Bears defense as Mayfield was able to escape and complete passes down the field. Now things are not getting any easier with the magician Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. So Ngakwe is going to have to do his best if he gets the opportunity to take down Mahomes. Number two, let's look at Tremaine Edmonds. The leader of the new Bears defense is probably going to be tasked with a little bit more responsibility this week. Because on Wednesday, in a shocking move, defensive coordinator, or should I say former defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigned from the team, leaving Matty Berflus likely to call plays, but without a true defensive coordinator for the time being. That means more pressure is going to be put on the players to make sure they're in the correct spots and to really get themselves up for this game. And that is a responsibility that Tremaine Edmonds is going to have to have. Not only that, he also has to cover one of the best tight ends in the league in Travis Kelsey and could find himself in mismatched opportunities. And number three, speaking of Travis Kelsey, is safety Jaquan Brisker. The Bears secondary is banged up. Eddie Jackson may not play. Their nickel corner, Kyla Gordon, is also out. He's on injured reserve. And so Jaquan Brisker is probably going to be the guy who needs to be in the right places at the right time to make sure that big plays don't happen. And we know that Travis Kelsey can make big plays, especially if Patrick Mahomes gets too much time and this Bears rush defense can't really get the job done. So Jaquan Brisker is really going to have to be in the right places at the right time, make sure those big plays don't happen, and be the leader of the secondary right now because they're banged up and they need it. Chiefs fans are probably going to feel good about this because this is likely going to be a bloodbath with the Kansas City Chiefs coming out on top. Look, even though both teams have scored the same amount of points two weeks into the season, the Bears and Chiefs just aren't comparable. Chiefs have so much star power. They're a winning organization. They're well coached, have the best quarterback on the planet, have the best tight end on the planet, and tons of players all throughout the roster that can excel. The Bears don't have that yet. They're not a winning team. They're struggling into year two, into the Matt Eberflus era. And look, I think there's going to be a revenge factor here. We know, of course, Patrick Mahomes and how the Bears passed up on him. He let the he let everybody know that he knew during the last regular season meeting. But also Matt Nagy is there. And as the former Bears head coach, he's probably going to have a vendetta against his former team and wants to let them know that, hey, you made a mistake and we're going to run the score up on you. The good news for Bears fans, though, is I think the Bears offense is going to continue to take strides because Justin Fields says he's going to play more freely. He's going to be a little bit less robotic, and so we might see a little more of what fans saw during the middle of last season. So perhaps the Bears get off to a better start, get some points on the board, but ultimately it's not going to matter. This is a get-right game for the Chiefs. Their offense is finally going to explode, and I think this game ends 42-24. to I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time.